out, out so abnormal, trying to find a way out of being normal, so I'm formally informing you, real geeks coming through, morph like Shang Tsung, turn into a scorpion, now we about to finish, finish. if you ain't geeking out now, then you're part of the clone crowd, and this is your intervention, pay attention, I'm about to open the wormhole and bring you the Tyrell, Heather, and Justice Dimension, yeah. Let's get straight to it. Today, we're talking about two DC animated movies we are watching on HBO Max. One is called Batman Under Red Hood. Another one is Flashpoint. But, mm-hmm. Justin, what do you think about Batman Under Red Hood? So, Bat- so Under the Red Hood, very impressed with it. This was a very interesting Joker to me. And that might just be because... He had a different voice actor than what I'm used to. His voice was extremely low. Like, when he was just talking, like, the laugh was spectacular. But when he was just, like, speaking, I was like, who is this guy? And I still don't know who voiced him. But I loved that variant of the Joker. I loved how they incorporated the storyline of him being the Red Hood, the original Red Hood, and how they didn't just retcon, like, the classic Red Hood in favor of the new Jason Red Hood. Like, I really appreciated how they took a deep dive into DC Comics history and actually implemented some, I dare say, a quote-unquote lost storyline with this character, the Red Hood, and his ties to the Joker, and, of course, to the second Robin. I just thought they did a fantastic job. And, two, just differentiating... The differences between the multiple Robins with Nightwing in there, we already see this sort of mixture of maturity and humor. So between Dick, Jason, Tim, and Carrie, I think is the fourth Robin or maybe the fifth, there are just such significant differences. I don't understand. One thing I've never understood is why Batman always picked kids to be his partner. I always thought that was super, super strange. Mm -hmm. And now we finally see this bite him in the butt, which is one thing I absolutely love about Under the Red Hood. Of course, make amends and blah, 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 blah. But Jason gave them hell for a while there. And I absolutely loved it. The animation was great. The fighting was phenomenal. Even just seeing Jason just like shoot two guns with unlimited ammo, it seems absolutely phenomenal i I thought it was great black mask was hilarious everything about that film was just spectacular i thought it was a great adaptation of the comic storyline yeah like i just looked it up and it's bender from futurama played the joker really yep the guy that plays bender plays joker what i never would have guessed i didn't either never but once once you compare them really like i can see similarities but i could not tell it from a mile away yeah, I love the Joker in this. It ain't Mark Hamill, yes, but it's mm-hmm. like a new take on the Joker, real. Like, it shows that he's the clown prince of crime, in my opinion. He, yeah, like, he ain't no one to mess with. And I understand where Robin was coming from. Yeah, he, I guess he wanted to prove something to Batman or something. I don't know, but I don't understand why he went after the Joker. And it was like the other way around. Like, Batman was taking on the thugs while Robin was going after the Joker. So I was like, Okay. And I knew right. we were in badly, but anyways, yeah, like they uh, back in the day when they made the storyline for Red Hood, did y'all know 
it was actually called Death in the Family, Batman Death in the Family, and the comic line, this is so messed up for DC, but they actually <laughs> voted if Jason should die or live, and I guess, and everyone hated Jason at first, like, cocky, arrogant, everything, so, yeah, mm-hmm. most people wanted him to die, and, yeah, it's a better character development, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's, kind of, that's kind of heartless, but... yes. DC went out of their way to ask the fans what they wanted. And no um, one ever really dies anyway. And no one ever really dies. That is absolutely true. We're talking about the universe with the Lazarus pit. There was literally like an in-story resurrection fountain of youth mechanism. Like no one is ever going to really die in a DC universe. I like that they got rid of Jason. And then of course, when they did, they just got Tim X amount of years later. Yeah. Like... It was a horrible way for him to go. But I am glad he went because he came back spectacularly. Exactly. And even in the comics, it proves that Red Hood, he hates Tim Drake because he feels like he's being replaced. So in the comics, he goes to, because he works for the Teen Titans, Tim Drake right. does, he's one of the leaders. And Red Hood actually goes to the Titan Tower, whoops all the Titans, and he tells Tim Drake that he's better than him and he just wanted to prove it and he just left the building. But... Yeah, I think it's a good movie. I really do. Like, it shows Batman, he has a soul, pretty much. Like, he still cares for all his Robins. Yeah. And I just wish Nightwing had a big brother moment with Red Hood. Yeah. I just wonder how that would have went down. But, yeah. Bat- the person that played Batman, that was a phenomenal voice actor, I feel like. But. Oh, yeah. Is- that was Bruce Greenwood. He's. Right. Uh, so many wonderful things. I think he's won an Oscar, or at least been nominated for Oscars and Emmys and things. As as far as what I thought of the whole thing, I thought it was a really good story. I thought they did uh, a great... I thought it was definitely a, something worth watching if, if you're into looking further into this. I actually really liked the way they, they portrayed Ra's al Ghul. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it was definitely a different feel for Razagul. Like, actually, I got this kind of take from of Raz from Arrow, like the mm-hmm. the Arrow show. And mm-hmm. normally Raz is, it's just like a big bad, but here he feels kind of remorseful, and he's mm-hmm. trying to do something like oh no i screwed up let me try and fix this and then then he's oh no i screwed up by trying to fix this (laughs) yeah like oh man it was it was just impactful like just imagine batman put yourself in batman's shoes just imagine seeing red hood and he takes off the mask and you find out jason like but not just jason it's like he went to pet cemetery and came back different he was Mm -hmm. he like Mm -hmm. This is a dark story. This is, he is totally suicidal and not great through, throughout. Not great. <laughs> Seriously. But do you know that the guy to play Red Hood, like, y'all know who the voice actor is? Yeah, Jensen Mr. Uh, Supernatural. Oh, I was about to say, I hope y'all knew that. Like, okay. but yeah, once I found that out, I was like, I just put two and two together. One, if I don't see their face, I try to remember their voices, but yeah. Once I found out that 
he played a really good Red Hood, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, I know the DC fan community wanted him to be that character in real life if he were ever to show up in the DC EU. I think yeah. he might be a bit too old yeah, for that role now, but... Yeah, back in the day, maybe he could have, like, when he first started playing Supernatural and everything, like, he could have done that. He could have, yeah. But it, even on his Instagram, he had, like, a picture of him dressed up as Red Hood. It's literally legit. <laughs> and it was weird, but even... And it, when the COVID started, he had another picture of him just watching Batman under the Red Hood with the Red Hood mask on. Nice. And, but yeah. So y'all enjoyed uh, Batman under the Red Hood? Yeah. Although, I'm not sure. Like, I love Neil Patrick Harris, but I like him as Nightwing was a little mm. bit weird for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, he done the best he could, I feel like, but <laughs> yeah. I love him to death, but I think like he he was just a little bit over the top. Oh yeah, he had fun with it, which I can appreciate. But yeah, it was an interesting choice. They could have picked anyone, and I think they could have picked anyone who would have fit that a little bit better. Yeah, it was an interesting choice. But yeah, it was definitely worth a watch. It's definitely a good thing. It ain't for kids, uh, that's it, for sure. No, no, very yeah. adult. Mm-hmm. More adult than a Pixar movie. But <laughs> well, this is DC we're talking about, though. But yeah, like onto a more emotional movie, I guess you could say is Flashpoint. That hit hard, and it was all you gotta put, understand. Like he's the Flash, is still human, and he has emotions. Like he wanted just to see a mother. So I think the Reverse Flash. He's my ultimate favorite, one of the my favorite DC villains. He's just so evil. Yeah. That's how I describe it. Like he was in, he was there from the very beginning with the Flash, and yeah, he just messed stuff up. Like right. he found loopholes and everything. What do you yeah. think, Justin? About uh, Flashpoint? Yeah, dude, I think Flashpoint is one of the greatest DC storylines ever, and I particularly love. Flashpoint Paradox because it feels obviously it's called Justice League Flashpoint Paradox instead of the Flashpoint Paradox. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a it almost feels like not quite Avengers Endgame-y, right? Not maybe as much as like Apocalypse War, but along those lines because you have so many gosh darn characters. You have basically with the exception of Martian Manhunter, you have the almost the entire core of the DC Universe's uh, Justice League. I don't know. What Superman's not in it, is it? Yeah, Superman's Superman was. He was? Okay. He, he was skinny, though. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I remember now. But it was great to see the two different versions of Batman, of course, Bruce and Thomas. And especially Kevin Conroy's voicing Batman, because that's, if you watch the 90s Batman the Animated Series and you grew up on that, like I did, yeah. That's who we know as, as the animated Batman. Nathan Fillion, he's always a delight. And I really loved his character. And, but dude, Zoom in Flashpoint Paradox was crazy. Like, I cannot believe, like, the sorts of things that he was able to do. Like, the, the thing that I love about so much about the Arrowverse is that, like, you get to see so much and in so much detail what the Flash is actually able to do and what people with the Flash's powers 
are actually able to do. In the Justice League film, Flash runs fast. That's literally all he does. Mm -hmm. He pushes people. people. And in Flashpoint Paradox, in both the comic and in in the animated movie I just watched, holy cow. What he's able to do, what Zoom is able to do, like their abilities can literally keep them alive if they channel them correctly. It was just absolutely insane. But I love Flashpoint Paradox. It was a whole lot of fun. Um, seeing the Speed Force used the way that it is absolutely insane. To see everyone in this film, from Lex Luthor to Deathstroke, who I love so freaking much. And I loved his iteration in this as well. Man, they just, yeah. This was a really good adaptation of the comic. Yeah, they even threw in, like, Billy Batson. And I I always love seeing Captain Cold. And, like, everybody was in here. Like, one of my favorite things was seeing the, like, a Mirror Universe episode of star trek or something where right. you've got steve trevor on thermoscura and <laughs> and like suddenly he gets killed <laughs> i mean because he's looking for lois lane for some reason I mean, it's like everything's all screwed up yeah, and then okay. yeah so it's just all anytime you're dealing with a flashpoint kind of episode or mm-hmm. the flash or when the flash is in different timelines and this is what's going to be really cool about the Flash movie coming up or or even in the Marvel universe, like the next Doctor Strange movie. Like when you're dealing with these multiple universes and timelines and stuff, they can play around with different versions of the characters. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just kind of cool. But then it's sad because the first one of the first things that Barry sees is he goes looking for Iris because she's his rock and mm-hmm. she's married with a kid. So he's like, Oh darn. Right, this right. is a bad place that I'm at right now. Cause I can't go to her, but my mom's alive. So that's yeah. good. I'm right. a speed force, but that's good. I mean, yeah. I, I pick up a mom, but yeah. and, ba- and, and Batman's dead, but he's not dead. So maybe this Batman will be nicer than the last one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no, not at so, all. It's always, when you have these episodes or these kinds of stories to play because the writers have fun writing them the actors have fun acting them you've got all these different actors that don't normally come together you've got even like Carrie Elways is playing Aquaman yeah and Ron Perlman and like Patrick Stewart's kid is in this like James Patrick Stewart is in this one is Steve Trevor, who dies pretty quickly, but he's still in it. <laughs> he died a horrible death. You really remember it. Yeah. yeah. You don't walk away like, oh, he's You don't fine. walk away from Wonder Woman at all. But the Amazonians and Atlanteans, it shows how powerful they are for real, what they're capable of. Yes. And, yeah. I so mean. you suggested these, so what do you think of all of it? Yeah. Oh, man, like. When I first watched Flashpoint, like, I think the Arrowverse did it good, but this is my far my favorite DC animated movies because, okay. like, how do I begin it? It's so emotional. That's mm-hmm. one thing. And I think they picked great, like, 
characters like Zoom. Like he's there since the beginning with Alan Barry Allen, and mm-hmm. yeah, like he's just he didn't even really have a purpose. He just wanted to ruin the Flash's life. Like I don't know. I just loved Thomas Wayne also because it just shows the different aspects. Like even like it told. I think it's harder for Thomas Wayne and the Joker than Joker and Batman the original one because. That's his wife, pretty much. And it's just sad all together. And it just shows you the butterfly effect. Like, you do one small thing wrong, or right, in your opinion, everything goes to hell, pretty much. Yeah. But that's why they made a, in a meme, they made a meme every time Barry done something, everyone got on him. <laughs> the Dang it, Barry. Which is, yeah, that is so funny, too, because that, that's just one of the things that they really exaggerated in the Arrowverse. Because any, like, moment of selfishness Barry had, which, let's be real, I, in my opinion, I think he has earned the right to be a little bit selfish at times. Because he has oh. sacrificed so much, and so many people expect so much of him. And he's been lied to and betrayed, and the people around him suck with follow through and there's so many enemies and so he gets one selfish moment decides to go back in time and do something for himself and it's damn it Barry you effed up the whole universe sucks Mm. but that's part of the responsibility of his powers once he realizes the speed force is more than just running fast like you literally can change the entire universe not only that but you can go to other universes and dimensions and stuff in in a weird way i think that flashpoint paradox is a really good example of how barry quite possibly has probably the biggest responsibility of any superhero you wouldn't expect it either no not at all but he's the one and it's just yeah it's interesting oh yeah like but i i wish superman had a bigger part in this but yeah like, he yeah. just, he, I understand why he was skinny or thing. Like, he could have still stuck around with Cyborg and everyone and helped him out. I don't know. He just, he was really confused, and it confused me the first time I ever watched it. I was like, this is Superman? Because he was so skinny and fragile. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I felt like if Batman gave him a hug, like, he'd, he'd break him. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. What got me going, and this is like dark humor, but when Thomas Wayne, he kept breaking everyone of, Barry's finger saying, I will break every one of these, and I'm a surgeon doctor. Like, I will not hesitate to break everything of you. It don't make me get on my medical kit. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. I don't know why. Like, I looked at it for a minute, and I thought about it. I'm like, damn, he's really about to cut up Barry. He really is, which is hilarious. But, yeah, they just, gosh, all the characters were just extraordinary in it, and I think there is a lot of DC animated films, and I think I think Flashpoint Paradox is one of the best ones. Easy. Yes. And y'all know that each a- animated DC film back in the day are all connected in a way or another. Mm. Because it ended up, I don't know if you know this, Heather, but they're all connected, but they eventually lead up to a DC endgame called Dark Apocalypse War when they go up against Darkseid. I did not know that. Yeah, like... There are so many anime movies that equal to Dark Apocalypse War where Darkseid pretty much wipes the earth and wins. It gets, And that's the rated R movie, and it is so dark. 
Oh, man. A rated R cartoon. Yeah. A lot of the DC movies are are rated R, I realized. Like, the animated movies? I know the Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, is rated R. Yep. I think Justice League Dark is rated R. Gotham by Gaslight, maybe, is rated R, I think. I think it is. I can't be sure of that that one, but I think it is. Okay. Yeah, they just... They went all out. And I'm glad that we had, like, things to, like... In both comics and films to kind of, like, pave the way. Like, Spawn was one of the most mature mainstream superhero properties. And his 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 live action ninety seven movie was PG thirteen, but the HBO cartoons were extremely R rated, and stuff like that. And and then of course Blade and the success of that character and that trilogy, thanks to Wesley Snipes and stuff like that. So it's really cool to for DC to grind out these R rated iterations of these characters. And of these events. And I think, I'm pretty sure the Snyder Cut of Justice League is going to be rated R as well. Yeah. I don't really know how much better it's going to make Justice League. Batman versus Superman, the R-rated version, is much better than the theatrical version. It can only help so much. But seeing these cartoons in these R-rated fashions, these characters getting just mutilated and just gory, terrible ways in the language. It's, it's a very interesting way. It's an interesting light to see these characters in. I think that Marvel, they make good movies. DC, they make good animated movies, in my opinion, like better than a lot of action. I agree. I would totally but, agree. And they can play around with it as a cartoon and everything with the R-rated. If it's R-rated, they can go all out. Like, their creativity can just expand. Yeah. I always thought that. Every time I watch DC movies, live action, I'm like, yeah, I'd rather watch DC animated movies. But yeah, so far, y'all like uh, Red Hood, Batman Under Red Hood, and Flashpoint? Yeah, definitely. That is awesome. So, I guess this is the end of our show today, but we'll pick it back up next week. This has been the Geekin' Out Loud podcast. Like and subscribe to hear our next episodes about the latest news in movies, comics, and all things geek.